party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined once again by Erica Chapel for a game of The Trench Raiders. I gotta tell you, party people, I absolutely adore The Trench Raiders, and so when Erica proposed a part two, I was over the moon. The game was super, super fun, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. But before we dive in, a very special thank you goes out to Megan McKinney, our newest Patreon backer. Thank you so much. Your support helps the show do bigger, better, and cooler things every single day. And I deeply, deeply appreciate it. If you enjoy the show and are into things like bonus content or notes on how to adapt games into a two-player format or interviews with game designers and GMs and other various personalities, or you just want to support Party of One and see it grow bigger and better, consider hopping over to patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. And with that, let's throw it back 100 years exactly to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it 100 years in the past, me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am joined by Erica Chapel. Erica, thank you for coming back on Party of One. No problem. It's great to be back. Uh, yeah, so once again, we are playing the Trench Raiders. Um, so why don't, oh, I'm sorry, why don't you talk about all, all, all the other stuff you got work, you're working on at the moment as well? Uh, so I, um, well, as usual, it's a ton of stuff. Uh, I've been working on uh, three games at the moment. I've been working on a, a game that was inspired by doing the Trench Raiders because I read a bunch of stuff about World War One aviation again, which is something that I've always loved. And mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, man, I want to do something with this as well. Like, it's, you know, Trench Raiders patrol is really not suited for anything to do with the air. Right, right, right. So I started writing a Powered by the Apocalypse game called uh, Flying Circus, which is about being a fantasy adventurer. But instead of sword and sorcery, you have a biplane. I love that. I'm into that. I'm I I, I love I love the biplanes. St- I love biplanes. Yeah. So it's um it's the first time I've ever seen a game, and I, I'm very proud of this because I wrote this. <laughs> it's the first time that, that I've ever seen a game that can do air combat off the tabletop that isn't like, you know, the the fantasy flight X wing style turn right. tables it, and stuff. It's like not that. A, it's not a minis game. No, it's uh it's just it uses the powered by the apocalypse framework to do like getting the upper hand and altitude stuff and all that, that fun stuff that comes with pulpy, um, you know, flying combat. And the other part of it is, uh, you know, the incredible stress of flying these rickety planes that you then go down to, you know, the town that you were working for or whatever, go to the tavern and basically drink off the stress. (laughs) That's um, really neat. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm into that. And, and terrible disasters come out of it. Uh, I've also, I've been working on my Magical Girl game, Five Across the Heart, which is going very well, like finally getting somewhere. That's super exciting. And, uh, like I actually started laying out pages. I saw that. They looked really neat. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with that. And, uh, finally I'm still, well, I'm crunching forward on some more, uh, patrol stuff, uh, working with a couple friends to do like, uh, uh, an educational E type one about african bush conflicts in the 70s and 60s neat, neat, neat. and um the the world war ii stuff because i went to pax east recently and everybody mm-hmm. was like this is super cool how come i can't play whatever theater of the second world war and i'm like uh because that book will be bigger than the original patrol <laughs> sure uh and finally i'm working on my star trek game new frontiers oh neat that's real neat yeah uh so- it's a way too much goddamn stuff but it's really fun <laughs> I uh, trust me. You're not going to get any grief from me for having a lot of projects in the air. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're playing that. We're we're going back to the Trench Raiders. We are meeting up again with uh, Mr. Jackson Fletcher. Yeah, uh, he's 
fighting for... Well, I'd say I was fighting for my forgotten country once, but I don't quite know what that means anymore. So I'm fighting for my friends. I'm fighting for the people that I love. And that's uh, got to be enough. So um, do you want to jump right in or uh, do we have anything to establish? What? Um, how has Jackson changed since the last time we met him, actually? That's a very good uh, question. Jackson, he started out, He uh, at the start of the first adventure, he was this strapping young Big chin, barrel, kind of a little barrel-chested, yeah, you know, definitely, strapping young lad. Definitely good on the football field. Yeah, he's a little bit thinner now, a little bit gaunt almost, hasn't yeah. quite been eating as well. Um, is more social now than he was. He was a little reserved before, but now he's really takes time to like get to know everybody on the squad. Because and and, he, and he's a little more reserved in terms of responsibility he doesn't he doesn't leap he doesn't leap at the call like he did before and he's he's he still accepts responsibility but he doesn't he's not eager to do it at this point in his wartime career yeah getting stabbed through the thigh with a bayonet is a pretty good sort of moderating influence yeah seeing seeing <laughs> Well, seeing an explosion and seeing your seeing your squad mate reduced to boots will do that. That also, yeah, no, poor Jackson's had a, a tough time uh, mm-hmm. on his one mission so far. So actually, let's um, uh, wh- how has how has he changed mechanically? Let's dip into that a second. Yeah, he's a little um, he's a little more badass than we last met him. A too. little bit more badass. He got eleven advances. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, people will remember nine, but uh, in, in between the last recording and the game actually coming out, uh, you started getting advances for getting wounded as well. So he picked up eleven. He's a little more worldly now. He's learned. He's learned. He's been learning German. He's pretty. He's got a pretty good handle on German. He's pretty. He's, he he can definitely understand it now. He does not want to. He doesn't want to like get caught lost in translation. Um, he's. Been he's been hitting the books, not just the books on German, but he's been studying a lot. Just because he's like he's like if I'm gonna do this, I'm not, I'm not rushing in blind anymore. I'm not gonna be ignorant this time around. Um, he did I have snapshot before? I think I did. You didn't snapshots ah. new. Yes. Well, I took snap. Uh, yeah. So I've got snapshot now. Where is that? So, uh, yeah. So um, after after he used his revolver for the first time in live combat. He he figured he saw that he had a knack for it, so he's been practicing with that. He's pretty good with the revolver now. Um he has taken a little bit more control of like arming up his team, his squad. So he's got um oh one big thing is that he's got he's wearing a light armored vest now. Which is a good choice. Because <laughs> he does not want to be stabbed. He, he's like, I've got stabbed once. It's not, I'm not repeating that mistake. Um, but he's he's made sure that his, his team is well equipped. They've got trench knives. They've got light armored vests. They've got a demolition charge. They've got a mobile machine gun. And they've got a little chocolate because, quite frankly, we need we need all the enjoyment we can get at this point. It's mm. also a good source of calories. That it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's made sure that they're, like, ready to go with their trench knives, they know how to use them, and they're ready to go through their tunnel rats. He's been, he's been specifically instructing people to, like, do drills on moving through tight spaces, because he's not going to get stuck in a trench 
and have to try to like stab his way out. He wants to be able to be able to get out and to be able to fight their way out if they have to. Uh, all very good choices and things that will undoubtedly help quite a bit. Um, so, uh, you ready to open up this this story here? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm very excited. Cool. So, uh, we have a map, but it doesn't matter quite yet, because we're not actually starting at the raid. Uh, it's the afternoon before, and um, Jackson is sitting in one of the, the forward trenches, and he's writing a letter home. So, who's he writing to? Uh, he's writing to his father. All right. He's writing to his father. He's a tailor. He's been apprenticing with his father. It's the family business. He's been. He's writing to his father. He's writing to his family, just telling them everything. Not everything. There's actually quite a bit that he's not telling them. But he is putting on a brave face. He's playing. He's playing the good, the good wholesome British boy. So, okay. Um, so you've 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 had a rough couple of months. Uh, you spent yes. about a month behind the lines in a, an abandoned French village that had been converted to a recovery station. Uh, you were lucky. The bayonet that went through your thigh actually managed to miss pretty much everything important. It just hurt like hell when it happened. So you were back on your feet in fairly short order, and you're back to the line within a month. And uh, once you, you found yourself back there, you everybody sort of was treating you very differently than before. Uh, you know, the, the, the taking out the experimental German tank on the other side of the line, sparking the, the fighting again. Uh, you're a hero in the eyes of the company. Mm, joy, joy, oh joy. I'm a hero now. Uh, and that has also meant that anytime anything needs to happen out in no man's land, you're the first person that anyone asks. So you haven't had to actually go over to the German lines all the way yet again. Uh, you've managed to avoid having to go on any raids, which is good because it's been a little more active. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be extraordinarily dangerous, and you hope that doesn't happen again. Yep. But uh, you have been sneaking out into the German, the the no man's land to sketch the German trenches, to pull up mines, lay duckboards, escort engineers, um, and you've been sitting and listening to them talk a lot, which has helped your fluency. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also managed to sort of assemble a, a handpicked squad of the best men for this job. So. Uh, you have a six-man squad that goes out with you, and as far as you're concerned, they're the best men in the British Army. But it's been rough. Your letter home has to omit a lot of things, because mm-hmm. this is probably the worst the war has been for the Western Allies. Um, the Germans spent most of the winter strengthening their lines with new defensive doctrine, so... You sort of, you take a moment to pause in your letter writing and you peek over the top of the, the, the trench a little. And you, you sort of stare at what you can see of the German lines. There's not much that you can see because the Germans are very adept at camouflaging their lines. But you can see the rough edges of concrete pillboxes, these new bunkers that they've been building on their side mm-hmm. of the lines. And you can see the unevenness of their lines as well. They've been digging them in strange patterns instead of simple mm-hmm. lines. Behind you, you can also hear uh, the sounds of labor and digging. Uh, your last mission out into No Man's Land was escorting a group of um, the Chinese Labor Corps as they were laying pipes leading into No Man's Land. You didn't know what they were for, but you had a good guess that they're gas pipes. Um, mm. 
you know that the British Army is spooling up for assaults. You've heard that the Canadian divisions are going to Vimy, and uh, they're, the British Army is planning an attack on the French town of Arras. And you know that you know things are, are about to, 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 to touch off in a major way. The other thing that's been happening is that it has been raining incessantly ever since you got back. Uh, the, the water, the, the snow and the ice thawed, and, but the water didn't have anywhere to go. The shelling had destroyed all the drainage in the, in the trench lines. So there are pools of mud and stagnant water in no man's land. And everything is wet. And everything is just covered in mud. The rain doesn't seem to stop. The clouds are always present. Uh, even right now, it's raining lightly, and you're, you're you know, pulling your letter close to your chest to prevent it from getting wet. It's just like home. <laughs> exactly. And the final thing that has happened is that the British Air Force has been devastated in the past month. Um, the You look out into the field, and you can see the remnants of a, a Sopwith camel just sort of splayed out into the mud where it fell because the Germans have some new aircraft. You don't know very much details about it, but it has meant that the German observ- uh, the British Observation Corps has had a really tough time of it. The observation balloons that normally hang behind the lines have been taken down for fear of German interception. So it's not been a super great month. Behind you, the sounds of labor uh, continue as the the Chinese laborers who have been hired to to do labor, you know, like manual labor behind mm-hmm. the lines, continue their work of digging deep uh, pits in the ground and planting cylinders in them. You recognize a, the two of the cylinders as phosgene gas and chlorine, but there's a third one that is marked in sort of a yellow green that you don't recognize. Uh, nobody's really happy about this. Nobody really wants to be the guinea pig for some new uh, gas experiment. So as you finish up your letter, uh, one of your squad mates uh, uh, comes over, Albert, the the delinquent of the squad mm. who lost mm. a finger in the last mission. But it, he's he's become a much more reliable soldier, if no less informal and uh, sort of ill-disciplined. Being a part of your trench raider squad has meant that he doesn't really have to pay attention to the rules anymore, which has weirdly mellowed him out a little. Because I think I'm also... Taking, I think I'm taking a little bit more after him as he takes a little bit more after the squad. I think we're all sort of hewing towards the informal. Definitely. So he, he comes over to you and he taps you on the shoulder and he says, uh, LT, Tom wants you. And you acknowledge. Oh, Tom, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Tom is the brevet captain. Your old captain stepped outside of his dugout for a smoke break and an artillery shell took his head off. So... One of your old schoolmates has been breveted to the rank of captain. So you move through the lines, past the the digging, and past young David, who is po- uh, perched in a sniper's position. He's become a little more bloodthirsty than last time. Uh, he's also mo- taken after you as he sees you, which is as a incredibly brave and deadly sniper. So he's sitting quietly under a burlap sack... Um, uh, he's using for camouflage with his rifle steadied, looking for any movement from the German lines. He's notched his rifle stock with six notches. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, he doesn't even acknowledge you as you pass by. You also pass by the other new members of your squad. Um, you have, uh, you pulled one of them farthing from, he was 
going to be imprisoned for uh, breaking quite a few laws, stealing rum rations, uh, firing out of turn. Farthing. Farthing. Uh, He's a little bit of a rat. Uh, But he's also clever and a little braver than one would expect and extremely good at finding his way into enemy positions. He's been Mm. a great help for you, which is why you've seen seen fit to keep him out of trouble. Uh, you also encounter, sort of, as usual, neck deep in mud, Gardner, who is, uh, he was part of the engineering corps, but he got transferred to the front, and you brought him into your unit, because nobody knows trench lines and pillboxes like he does. You, uh, he's talking with Hawking, who is sort of somebody you picked up because he could teach you German, and you kept him around because he's brilliant. The man's a poet, he worked for the university before the war... Uh, nobody exactly knows why he joined up, but he's been invaluable uh, as help. And as you approach Tom's dugout at the back of the the lines and the support trenches, you pass by the sergeant who sort of holds your little team together, together Edwards, who he's an older man. He's maybe in his late 40s. He fought in the Boer War. Uh, he's seen a lot of things, and uh, he's just a very disciplined man who's an excellent stabilizing presence in your squad. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So as you enter Tom's dugout and you see your old school friend, um, you see that he has, he really looks like he's been through the ringer. It looks like he hasn't slept in a couple days and he's yelling mm-hmm. with, about something over his telephone. He's not happy about something. And he's mm-hmm. talking about how he doesn't want his men to be guinea pigs to some experiment. And he sees you, and he hangs up the phone without ceremony. He just slams it down on the receiver. Jackson, thank God you're here. We're we're right up against it. The attacks have started up and down the line, and apparently we're next. They want us over the top in the morning. That's, that's wonderful, wonderful. I suspect I'll be among the first. I suspect I'll be among the front. Uh, well... To tell you the truth, we are not prepared for it. Uh, our men have been out here I for four weeks without that. rotation. And the German lines are... We don't stand a chance. And on top of all of this, he slams down his hand on some papers and sort of shoves the, this clipboard towards you. And you see that on the clipboard has written sort of, you know, classified, your eyes only sort of thing. And you flip it only. Uh, you flip it over. And you see that it's the specifications for a new sort of poisonous gas, um, mustard gas. And he says, on top of that, we're supposed to be the first test deployment of this new gas, which apparently goes straight through gas masks. So we have to advance through a cloud of something we can't protect ourselves against. That's horrible. So I hate to do this to you, Jackson, but... We, we need an advantage. We need something. And you're the only man who's been over to the other side of the lines and made it back. We need an advantage. We need something overnight that will tip things in our favor. A gun out, a pillbox down, whatever you can manage. Smashing. Just... The, the, the more you can disrupt their lines, the more of us might make it back tomorrow. I, I think Jackson's face softens. He's been he's been a little flippant. He's been, you know, 
he's a bit he's a bit shaken up about this news about the mustard gas. He's a little bit he's just tired, but I think he sees how much his friend is in pain, and so he softens a little bit and he says, "If it if it means more of us survive, if it means more of us get to the other side in one piece, then yes, I will." I will do what I've done before. I will do what I'll probably be asked to do again. And I will get over that other side and I will... You let me you let me bring my team, my, my crack squad, and we will muck things up proper. If there's anything you need from, from us, I, I have the full resources of the company. I've got the guns. We can provide a distraction if you need it. If you have any ideas... So basically, uh, just, here's the, the time for plans. Be lovely. So let's bring up the map here, and uh, yes, wh- wh- let's let's plan before you jump over the top here. So you have at your disposal the the light artillery pieces of the company, and you've got yep. the the men and machine guns who can you know make distractions. Nobody's going to go over the top for you, sure. but they can find other ways of sort of disrupting the German line and giving you a chance. Sure. And also, you need to figure out where you are starting from and where you want to go. Okay. Well, I know exactly where I want to start from and where I want to head to. I want to start to um, this middle, this middle break in our trenches. Um. Okay. On the slightly on the left hand side, or oh no, I see it. Yes. Dead center. Dead center on our. Dead center on our break. On yep. our ranks. What are, I'm sorry. What are, what are the little white dots? I know the pillboxes are, are the barbed larger wire. Ones. Yeah. So right in that second, right in that third break in our barbed wire, dead center, dead center. Cool. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna just because because that's gonna keep us because then we've got a straight shot for no man's land. And you don't it's have to go through the mud. <laughs> don't have to go through the mud. And it, but in fact, that's what I'd like. That's where I would like to sort of position the artillery. Like is. Just falling sort of, right on where you're going? I'm thinking... I'm thinking... Actually, I'm thinking the two big mud patches to the left and right of that. Yep. If we could position a distraction, like, start sort of more aggressive shelling and, and gunning from those to sort of force their infantry ranks to, sp- to, to go off in those two sides. Oh, sure. Well, this is actually an excellent opportunity to bring up a cool rule in... The tr- uh, in the trench raiders, which is for creeping barrages, uh, you can right. have barrages that are scheduled, basically. So on this turn it'll land here. On this turn it will land here. Yeah. So yeah, the the artillery can bracket on either side of you uh, as you mm-hmm. come in. Yeah, because that's what I'd like is for is for them to be. I want to I want to set it up so that they are. I want. I'm trying to decide if it'd be better to hit where we're going with shells so that they so that they break. Or, or focus fire from those two locations so that they run off oh, to try yes. to pick them off. You could do both. You could say, like, on turn one, let's hit there. On turn two, let's spread out. Or, okay. the, or vice versa. Yeah, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to alternate. Uh, we're going to start by firing off shells at the sides. Okay. To, to get them to, to make it clear where our forces are so that they're opening fire on those places and not in the center. Okay. And then when we close in, we set we we position the shells towards the center to keep to give us an opening. Excellent. To puncture through. All right. So plans done. We we yep. fade to 
night. It's about 10 mm-hmm. o'clock. The, everything has gone very dark. The, the moon is out, but the clouds have obscured it. So all there is is the occasional sort of rolling silver against the back of the clouds. And you and I your think... squad are geared up and ready to go. I think uh, the one thing of note is before all of this, I've definitely gathered my squad all and right. we've all had a drink together. Just like, uh, I don't even know if it's water or if there's some, contra- if there's oh, some, some, there's not wine. even contraband. There is a rum ration in the British army. Yeah. Well then, yeah, we've got, we've, we've, we've had our, we've taken a shot of rum just to all right, toast. So this is an interesting like, thing. Cause there is actually rules for, if you want to, uh, do you, are you drinking or are you drinking? Because there's rules if you want to, you know, steal yourself a little more than perhaps is wise. I think we're just taking the one drink. I think it's because I think it's a symbolic. It's almost more of a symbolic gesture. Okay, cool. It's like here is to whatever. It's a see. It's okay. Yeah, he gathers. He gathers his squad. They pour out. They pour. They each. They each get poured like a shot. All right. And they raise up to the one shot each, and he says, My friends, gentlemen, we'll have our second shot in the morning. And he takes the shot, and everybody follows. Yeah, there's a little huzzah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. quietly, because you don't want to alert the Germans, but sure. everybody's everybody's pumped. But it is, it, it is very much just the, like, we're going to get through this. All right, so you position yourself at the edge of the trench, and you wait for the first shells to fire. The... That's your signal to go. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the thump behind you and the the roar of the artillery passing overhead. And then the splashes of wet mud in the German line. And it's time to mm-hmm. move. So as you crawl out of your trench, you make your first pathfinding check. Fabulous. That All is right. a proficiency or a vigilance? Vigilance check. You are skilled right. at this, so fives and sixes. Fives and sixes. Now, uh, my one question, just to remind myself... Uh, my vigilance is ten. Do I with the plus two? Do I roll ten or twelve? Or is the plus two factored into that? Um, the plus two from yeah, it's factored in. Okay, so I'm rolling ten d six, counting fives and sixes, and then also noting ones. I got uh one, two, three, four successes, three failures. Uh, all right, four successes, three failures. So, uh, so uh, with that, you can book it quite a ways. Oh, are you running or are you going slow? Uh, we are running. Oh yeah, okay, you're just booking it. So, because we've only got so much time, we've only got so much time before, like, before we get spotted. Like, so the hopefully the barrages have provided and we're hoping that the barrages provide enough distraction that we can pierce over there. Cool, and three failures? Three failures. Okay. Alright, so you you actually booking it the way you have you're 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 making it quite a distance you make it almost all the way to the german lines the shells are still falling on where you're heading or uh, the shells are uh, are falling on either side of the the german lines as you you move towards it and you stop about 50 meters short of the the okay. barbed wire but uh as you're you're running uh you have the, the darkness and the, the speed you're moving at, it makes it very difficult to, to see where you're going. Mm-hmm. And you you don't necessarily hear um, 
the 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 sounds of everything happening around you until one of the explosions is a little too close. Hmm. Because in your haste, you have stumbled directly into a a mine. Well, not you, okay. fortunately. Um. Sure. Me... Uh. So. Oh no. Okay. Uh. So. Oh Jesus. So. Farthing, the 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 criminal among you, he uh, he, he I see he sort of um, crosses over the the top of a ridge. His foot comes down awkwardly on something metal, and then there's just a blast, and there's Ugh. no more farthing. Ugh. Or wait, actually, he does have armor. There is a chance. All right. There is a. Um. Okay. Well, I have good news and I have bad news. There is a farthing. Okay. Uh, he is not looking good. Hmm. Uh, he is unconscious, lying back. His foot is a mangled mess, but he's still alive. Uh, the armor has stopped quite a bit of shrapnel. And everybody drops to their to the ground, drops prone, uh, about 50 meters away from the, the, the German wire. And you crawl over to see what you can do for Farthing. But he's looking very rough. So, uh, what do you do? David! David, come here. Uh, he, he crawls over and, um, sort of, uh, you know, ch- uh, pulls open, uh, Farthing's, Farthing's vest and goes, his vitals seem intact, sir, but he's bleeding quite badly. Uh, alright. David? I've been watching. I've been. I've been paying attention to you. You're. You're pretty good with that. You're pretty good with that sniper rifle. You've got an eagle's eye. You stay here. You. You monitor him. You take care of him while you can, and you watch us. You watch us from here. You got it, sir. You see us. You see us heading back. You grab him and you run back, and then the. And then we all get back there by morning. He. He. He throws off his, what kit that he's not using. He sets up a sniper position again. His haversack against the the side and then only then does he treat the the wound wrapping mm-hmm. the uh, farthing's leg and then the artillery starts moving inwards you hear it sm- you know smashing closer and closer in the german lines and you can hear german voices yelling as men abandon the the forward trenches the shallow mm-hmm. form fo- forward trenches moving back to the dugouts and the pillboxes where they'll be safer there's a crack as an artillery shell smashes against the side of a pillbox and concrete shards go everywhere. The artillery continues to rumble against the position just quite nearby you for a little while and then stops. What do you do? Uh, I believe that's our cue. If it was nearby us, I believe that means it was the, it was the, yes, this is, that was the, the second turn of shelling. Yes. Then that is that. That's our, I look at everyone else. That's our, that's our cue. David, and I give him a salute. And All right, we're, and we're back off the. We're back off towards the barbed wire. One more pathfinding check, please. All right, uh, that is two failures, but one, two, three, four successes. Awesome. So yeah, you you have no trouble um, getting to the the trench in terms of distance. But let's see. Uh, ooh, wow. Okay, I just rolled two sixes on your encounter chart, so it's going to be good for you. Great. So as you move towards the um, the German uh, barbed wire, you have a, stri- uh, a, a bit of luck. 
there's a shell came down and exposed a bit of the German forward trenches, giving you a clear path through the wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, as you drop in, you quickly see that it's somewhere that the Germans have abandoned and they left a bunch of crap behind. There's a box full Great. of German stick grenades. There's a, a artillery so, uh, like carriage, just the wheels, no actual piece. There's a, a couple of rifles stacked up against the wall still, a little dirty, but probably usable. There's ammunition. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, some, and there's also German uniforms and helmets. Hmm. Uh, not a lot of their uniform, of course, just the overcoats and the helmets, but mm. probably enough to get by in the dark. Yeah. I look at everyone else. I silently grab. I silently grab an overcoat and start start uh, start putting on our outfits. All right. So actually, um, Edwards, Edwards is the of the old style, and he stops you mm-hmm. for a second, and he says, "Are you sure about this, sir? You know, there's trickery and underhandedness, but this this isn't right." Edwards, you're a good man. Thank you, sir. I think you're right. If you don't, if you don't, if if you don't think this is the right thing to do, then then perhaps that perhaps this is not the right thing to do. Instead, grab those grenades. We're gonna find we're gonna find some guns. We're gonna find their machine guns. We're gonna bomb out their their bomb bomb out their machine guns with their own grenades. Sounds good. Worst case scenario, we've got a demolition charge. He he picks up the grenade and hefts it. And Albert in the background goes. So, we're not allowed to wear their clothes, but we can blow them up. Well, at least now, at least now they know it was us. Well, fair enough. And he grabs one of the grenades. And you start hearing voices as the the Germans in the pillboxes nearby. There's a pillbox not a hundred meters away from you. And you hear voices as they start to sort of crawl back into position. You hear them talking about... You know, wow, that was a close one. Like, whoa, what ins- what inspired that? And, um, you know, talking to, to send back word to their own guns to, to fire a response and uh, not let the, those dastardly Englishers get away with it. I look at Edwards, I look at the grenades, and I look at the pillbox. All right, so y- you crawl if- forward inside the German lines. You're actually behind one of their trenches now. Uh, you see that the the pillbox in the very middle, uh, to the left of our or to the right of the the little sh- short bit of barbed wire. Um, yes, to the the one to the right of the barbed wire. Yes. Yeah. So you're you're just in front of that. You stop within okay. fifty meters of there. Who's going? Who's ta- who's taking bombs? Um, let's see. David and Farthing are gone. Um. I think the best person to take the bombs is going to be probably probably I'm going to look I'm going to I'm going to signal to Albertson to go ahead. Okay. I think he's going to be the best at he's going to be the best at getting up close. He's got a he's got a, he's got enough of a he's he's tricky. He's, he's a yeah. he's a sneaky guy. Cool. So Albert jumps up out of the utility trench and crawls forward under the the mud. And he gets quite close. And let's have you roll for for our good friend okay. Albert here. So Albert's got fairly good proficiency. He's got eight proficiency. So roll okay. that. Um, sixes or fives? Sixes. Uh, sixes. Sixes. Uh, that's going to be one success, one failure. Cool. And you can actually throw again. He's um, 
Uh, he is a uh, a pretty good hand with grenades, and also throwing grenades are, is a minor action, so you can do it twice. Well, that time he got three successes, no failures. Damn. Okay, so um, that's that's pretty incredible, actually. Uh, so let's let me grab my uh, hand grenade profiles because they are different in the first World War than my Vietnam ones, and I can't keep all the different versions of these things in my head. Okay, so roll me 4d6 and tell me the 46. results of each. Yep. 2, 5, 3, 6. Oh, Jesus. So he, one of the grenades lands sort of at the edge, the lip of the, the pillbox and goes off, and you can hear everybody yelp on the inside. And then the second grenade rattles through the, the, the vision slit. And there are screams, and then a crump, and then more screams. Uh, and then Albert drops back into the trench with a huge grin on his face. See? Now, now you're starting to get it. <laughs> uh, Edwards uh, claps him on the back like, yes! Good work, son. The, the German lines around you are sort of in disarray. The artillery was, uh, brief as it was, was shocking and quite frightening, and the, the Germans are only slowly filtering back to their own trenches. So you hear voices as people move through the communication trenches back to their positions. What do you do? Well, the voices from the pillbox, does it sound like they're pretty well? Should oh, they, we, we invest yeah, it's, it's just groans and, okay. and sobbing. It's not not great. <laughs> yeah, alright. Uh, hmm. In that case, um, best thing to do might be to take out the next pillbox over we have to take out the next pillbox, because if we can knock out a few pillboxes, that'll at least give us the advantage later. Cool. So the one to the right or the one to the left? Let's go for the one to the... Let's go to the one to the right, because there's that trench in the middle that we can duck down into. Cool. Okay, cool. So yeah, let's... Who's going? Is this for grenading or just for shooting them out? Well, uh, it's your chance. It's your choice. But who's moving over to that trench? Because it is pretty far away. This map is pretty um, abstract with the ranges, but each of those grid squares is 100 meters. Okay. Uh, In that case, I think that might be all of us. I think we're we're going to, as a group, move towards that other trench because uh, this is not... Because the odds of us being able to pull that off twice are slim, so we might have to shoot, shoot it out. Okay. So I would like you to make a little tiny pathfinding check. All right. You probably want to move slow for this one because you don't. Yeah, really we're gonna need be to moving run. slow. All right. We're gonna definitely be moving slow. It's vigilance, which is ten. Ten d six gives me uh fives and sixes or sixes. Fives and sixes. Four successes, two failures. Wow, it's serious. Okay. So let's see if uh, I really love this generation chart. I'm a brilliant game designer. <laughs> <laughs> We do not believe in modesty on party of one. Nope. Uh, oh dear. Okay, so as you move... Oh my god. Okay, so as you move through to the trench, you drop into the trench, and you turn. And coming around the corner of the trench, moving down, you see a group of German soldiers uh, moving up the trench. They haven't spotted you yet, but they're just about to. And you have only a moment to sort of size them up as they pass by one of the lit dugout doors. These men aren't regular German soldiers. You've not actually seen soldiers equipped like them before. They're wearing green. They're, uh, they've got bandoliers across their chest. And they have strange 
short rifles with little drum magazines attached to the sides of them. You've never seen anything quite like it before. And all of them are loaded down with grenades. And as you sort of get cognizant of these strange new soldiers, there's about five of them, they spot you too. And both of you drop into every nook and cranny you can inside the trench around the corner of the little zigzag pattern. What do you do? Um... We are going to... They're almost... I don't know that they're willing to grenade their own trench. I don't know that they're willing to take that call. I don't know that they're willing to open fire on their own trench. So our best bet might be to might be to just to scatter. Yeah. Lay low, move through the tight, move through our tight spaces, and try to get try to get the jump on them. Try to get the jump on them with our trench knives. Oh, okay. So, um, oh, geez. Okay, you basically you you realize what's going on, and all of you hopped uh, off the side of the trench, and you move up the sides as fast as you can to not, you know, bunch together, and then you drop right back down on top of them. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that might have been a mistake because they seem to have been prepping to do the same thing. They've Mm. got their entrenching tools out. The edges sharpened. They have spike bayonets on the ends of their strange short rifles. And the moment you drop on them, you realize that they're dropping back into fighting stances and you think, oh, geez, these are German trench raiders. You don't All know right. the word for it, but these are stormtroopers. Hmm. Well. Let's drop into some melee combat. Only got one shot. All right. So, uh, melee up. Uh, roll your fortitude. All right. Well, actually, what I think, what I think, uh, I think Fle- what Fletcher is going to do. Because Fletcher is quite good with that pistol, especially oh, close right. ranges. Yes. So I think I think Fletcher is going to drop in, drop in, and take fire with this pistol, uh, which uh, uh, he is a crack shot with, so it counts four as his successes as well. And you have a snapshot too. Yes. All right. So I can count that, shoot that, I count that as a minor action if I don't make other attacks. Yep. Uh, and melee does not count as an attack. All right. So then I'm going to take fire with my pistol first. All right. That's proficiency of 12. That's proficiency of 12. Uh, I'm counting fours as successes. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven successes, four failures. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, you pop your head over the corner of the trench just before you drop in, and you hit one of the soldiers directly in the chin. Just drill him through the face with your your rifle your pistol as you drop down onto another of his fellows and the rest of your your team drops into melee combat with them so now at least you have the numerical advantage mm-hmm. or i think it's an even fight well, now yes even fight i think uh i think i'm going to well then as long as i don't make another attack this turn so um so what can i do instead if i'm not making an attack as my full action if you uh, if you want to hang back out of melee, um... that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna hang back. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find some cover because I have a plan. Okay, cool. Uh, you gonna signal your troops to do the same before they drop uh, in? I'm I'm gonna signal to them to 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 close in 
because I think that they're probably they're pretty much all better, all going to be better, equ- better equipped for this melee fight than I am. So if they go in, I can take out several of them from a distance. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So uh, a good thing for you to do right now is to roll um, a sentry action, which would let mm-hmm. you be more aware of other threats that are approaching. So okay, that's but I'll vigilance. do that then. And then I will. Res- we will resolve the the combat as your men drop in on these these stormtroopers. So, so that's a vigilance roll. That is my... That is, I believe, ten. Yes. <laughs> Fives and sixes or sixes? Fives and sixes. That's one failure. One, two, three, four, five, six successes. Oh my god. Okay, so you see the, the code of the Matrix. <laughs> no, mm-hmm, you, right. you're... You, I win? I win the war? Yep, you, right? you single-handedly, you spot the Kaiser, you shoot him, it's done. Um, I, actually... I run into I run into Hitler in the ranks, and I shoot him, and we, we win. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we cut to uh, the opening of Red Alert 1. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so, you, you... First off, if you have any questions about these stormtroopers and their equipment, I can answer them. Um... But the other thing is that you you see all the German forces like you you find yourself a nice spot that sort of in a in a uh, a shell hole that still gives you an excellent perspective on everything and you see the German soldiers moving through their trenches. There's not a lot of them. They're still a little uh, shocked from the artillery. Uh, you see that the the bunker the pillbox you were heading towards is actually empty right now because okay. you suspect it wasn't com- finished construction. Um. You see that they're uh, down the line at the little support trench. Uh, not very many men are positioned there because the mud is so deep that it's difficult to move through. Uh, and you see uh, the posi- the uh, those little dips at the back of the map on the, the German line. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are their artillery positions. Okay. So you, you know how to get there easily now. Um, you see that at the... the the along that long communication trench, there's only about a dozen men sort of milling about trying to figure out where to go. Okay, so revolve combat, and then I'm going to take my second turn with adrenaline time. Nice. Okay. Well, actually, you can do that now if you wanted. Okay. Then yeah, I'm going to take my second turn, and then I'm going to take my crack shot. Okay. Yeah. And then die. And now I'm going to dive in for melee. Now that I have the situation well under well, now that I have everything scouted out. And I, uh, I, I, now that everything's got it out, now I'm going to go into melee and take that minor action shot. Cool. So uh, let's take another shot then. Okay. And we'll drop you into melee with the rest of your squad. That's my proficiency is 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is going well. Yeah, now no. I have one, two, three, four, five, seven successes, no failures. Okay, yeah, you... You pop up and you hit another soldier and then you drop into their lines. The guy you hit, uh, he doesn't look dead because you're shooting out from outside the trench, so he has mm-hmm. damage reduction. But he is—he uh, drops pretty handily. Like he didn't really uh, mm-hmm. get much of a chance on that one, as you you know put a shot through his shoulder and then you drop in on the Germans. The the four remaining, three remaining German soldiers and the rest of your squad drops in too. So let's resolve your attack real quick. Okay. Uh, Edwards is helping you. Uh, Edwards has has got his trench knife out and his rifle in the other hand, and he's yelling some battle cry that presumably he learned from, you know, whatever African tribe he fought during his early colonial days. And he's going crazy. So let's see what happens. 
Uh, roll your fortitude. Uh, wait, right. did, you, did you issue yourself a trench knife? I did. Awesome. So grab yourself a bonus on that fortitude. Oh, no, uh, I did not. I did oh. not. My, my squad has them, but I don't. Cool. Do you have any melee weapons at all? Um, I might. I do not. Okay, so you're just going to be beating them with your uh, your the butt of your rifle. Yep, yep. I'm just going to be butting them. Uh, okay. Uh, that one is fives and sixes or just sixes? Fives and... Oh, just sixes. You are not melee skilled. Two failures, no successes. Ooh. All right. Now I get my comeuppance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have body armor, which is nice. Yes. But we'll, we'll roll that in a minute after we figure out what happens with Edwards and the trench raider. The, the, the German... Uh, soldier. So Edwards uh, throws his rolls. Uh, oh dear! And our German guy does his rolls. So, uh, oh my God! Okay, so very the, good, very promising noise. <laughs> the the guy you and Edwards dropped on is apparently well. He's he's a good sort of illustration of the kind of soldiers that you're fighting because he immediately swings around with his his uh, his shovel out and hits Edwards across the face. Um, the the his helmet takes the brunt of the blow, which you wish you could say for yourself as the uh, the sharpened edge of the the entrenching tool strikes you on the arm. So let's roll your armor save. Okay. So you're taking um, how many ones did you roll? I rolled two. Okay, so you are taking four incoming. Okay. So roll your armor save. Your armor is actually pretty good against melee. I believe okay. you're getting a... Um, oh god, light body armor. Light body shield does not give you saves against melee. Uh, right, so... Okay, so let's... Um, in that case, what's going to happen is Edward's going to take the the brunt of this. So okay. you get you get hit in the arm pretty hard, and it sucks. Uh, so roll one. Uh, no, no armor save. So you take one wound, and then okay. the the tre- the entrenching tool comes back around on Edwards, and uh, it, he's uh, it goes right through his collarbone like an axe, and oh. Edwards, you know, falls over onto the German soldier. And in the background, we have our other fights. So let's resolve those real quick. All right. So, um, oh, these ones at least go a little better. Great. So, um, let's see. Who's our other friends here? Uh, Hawking, he, he drops in on his guy and he de- like deftly weaves around the entrenching tool and plunges his, his dagger through the, the attacker without incident on himself. Um, Albert, who is, he's always been a great melee fighter. Uh, he finds his, his, um, entrenching his, his knife knocked out of his hands. And then he mm-hmm. dives on the, the, uh, his, uh, his, his stormtrooper, And he brings the butt of his rifle down, uh, onto his face and then kicks him for good measure. So two good. down one to go. Make me a shock check. All right. What's that? Is that uh, fortitude? Fortitude. You're at minus one for your injury. Great. You're minus one to everything going forward. Uh, one success, no failures. Cool. So you're still conscious. Great. Uh, so you you stagger back to your feet uh, and you have surrounded this German soldier 
who uh, has a very come-at-me-bro attitude, despite being surrounded and outnumbered. What do you do? I, I look at Edwards, my hand shakes just a little bit, but I steal myself, and I point my pistol, and I open fire. All right, roll your proficiency. Minus one for your injury. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven successes, one failure. Yeah, you knock him just straight off his feet, and he, he collapses to the ground. And uh, you you sort of let your hand drop a little. And try to do something about the bleeding. So, uh, actually, mm-hmm. uh, um, Hawking is going to run over and he's going to try to help okay. you out. So, he's going to roll himself a quick medical, which he is very good at. I give I give a quick cross for Edwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, he uh, he quickly patches you up. So, you your injury goes away, which is cool. Great. And then um, you start kicking through the equipment of the, the, the fallen German soldiers. They've got their piles and piles of grenades, so you can top up on any of those mm-hmm. that you want. But Albert grabs as many as he can carry. And then you look over their strange weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't recognize them at all. Uh, they, they look like little rifles that have been cut down, and they have huge magazines of pistol bullets. So you don't quite know what they are or what they do. What do you do? Well... I look around. Well, we've taken out a pillbox. We've taken out a squad of whatever German super soldiers they've sent at us. I say we take out that second pillbox. We break this barbed wire line and we head back. Then that way, that way for the charge tomorrow, we have a we have a concrete break point, and we should and we so we we that should provide enough. That should provide at least some manner of advantage tomorrow. Uh, Gardner lifts his demolition charge and grins. Uh, how badly do you want this pillbox taken out? Take it out. So, uh, this one's pretty simple. We don't got to roll for this. Gardner jumps over the edge of the trench and throws his demolition charge in, and then everybody jumps back into the trench and gets really low, and he pushes the plunger. Mm-hmm. And the entire earth shakes a little, and then the muddy side of the trench collapses a little on you, which is gross. And bits of concrete continue to rain down for a good 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, this gets the Germans all up and down the line, as soon as you're able to hear them again, which takes a little while, uh, really panicking. Uh, and you hear voices as soldiers start moving up the communication trench towards you. I believe that do? I believe that was a successful mission. Let's head back. Now we now we run. <laughs> All right. So as you move towards you move towards the the German trench, which is nestled up against the barbed wire. Right. And as you do, you stop for a moment because something seems a little off, and you roll me a vigilance check. I will. My vigilance is ten. On ten. Come on. Very good. Uh, that is three six three sixes, one five, no ones. So you smell something in the air. It's oh, no. like a mixture of pepper and pineapple. And it stings your nose, and you realize it's chlorine gas. Oh no. They're gassing the German lines despite the fact that you're here. You scramble for your gas mask. You've done the drills before, but you haven't experienced it yet. 
and you pull it on, and everybody else in your squad does the same, seeing your example. And the gas, this sort of whitish-green cloud, slowly settles over the trench. It's heavier than air, so it dips into the, the ground below. One of the wounded German stormtroopers who left in the trench chokes and gasps and dies behind you. And then you see there's a second cloud billowing through. They've not just unleashed the chlorine, the phosgene is coming too. This sickly, thick cloud rolling across. Slower, heavier, denser. And you know that that can only mean that the next gas that's coming is going to be the mustard gas. The mustard gas. What do you do? Well, we can't stay here because the mustard gas is coming so we've got to move gather we gather up the we gather up the the stormtroopers so like stuff we gather up their weapons because that way we have we can maybe use those against them one thing you do know if you don't think you can make it across no man's land in the gas is that german dugouts have doors that are gas proofed Mm. yeah i suppose that might be our uh, they're gas-proof, but are they mustard gas-proof? We don't know that. You don't know that, but you also don't know if you want to run into it. <laughs> it's up to you. Bloody bastards. Um, don't suppose we have a better option than to try to rip open one of these doors, take out anyone inside, and wait out the gas. All right. So, while you're wearing your gas masks, you're at minus three to everything. Okay. Because it is... They're crappy. They, Not you pleasant. can't see yeah. well out of them. They they make respiration difficult as you're breathing through a pile of charcoal. But uh, you'll be alive at least. So you turn around in the trench and you start moving back. You know that the German dugouts are attached to the second and third lines of their trenches. So, as you start moving through the trenches, you make it quite a fair ways down. You can actually make it almost as far down as you... Uh, you can make it... To the right in this turn, you can make it to the, uh, the 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 line behind the one that's directly behind the pillboxes. Okay, yeah. Or you can continue down to the the end and the support trench where dugouts are more likely to be. So, which do you do? Um, let's check the let's check the closer one. I I, I want to be safe as soon as possible. All right. The longer we're out, the more risk of harm. So the, the Germans start up a klaxon on their side of the line, the, the alarms that they sound when the, the gas starts coming in. And everybody's pulling back towards the, the back lines where it's safest and farthest from the gas. Um, you approach the, this, this dugout, uh, or the, this, this trench line, and uh, actually, let's, let's have you roll a search check. Let's see okay. what you find. So, uh, Vigilance. So vigilance minus three is seven. Uh, I've got one five, two fives, two failures, no sixes. Uh, yeah. So you you peek around the edge of the dugout and you don't see, or the edge of the trench and you don't see a dugout. Uh, you don't see anything. They've abandoned the position. There's a pair of machine guns hanging empty uh, against the the side wall and like a large catapult looking device that presumably is used to throw grenades. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? <sighs> well, while we're here, we may as well smash them, right? I mean, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep moving. But while we're here, c- 
can we prime grenades and just prop them up and then run? Um, you can probably just throw a pile of grenades in there. You've got a Yeah, bunch. that's what we're going to do. We're just okay. going to throw a pile of grenades in there and then keep them running. Cool. So you, you, th- you throw a bunch of grenades in there and, uh, you don't know if you did much to the machine guns other than tear open the, the water cooling jackets, which is actually a pretty big get. Uh, and the wooden, uh, tr- little crossbow thing is just smashed apart as, as you continue to move. Uh, by the way, um, Hawking, uh, Gardner and Albert have all taken, um, their, uh, the, the weird German rifles with them as well. They've got a pair, uh, a set of these, these strange weapons with them. Great. So you continue moving down the line and I want you to roll 2d6 really quick for me. Okay. One, six, seven total. So as you as you sort of move through this this muddy area of the trench, the duckboards is, are mostly keeping you safe. But then, as you step nearing the end of it, the duckboard gives way, and you realize that the ground below you is actually just straight up water, like it's eroded away into about a six foot deep pit. Hmm. And you you have to slowly make your way out of it. And as you do, you see a German, a pair of German soldiers moving towards you with their gas mask on. Neither of them are armed, and both of them have uh, the bands of, uh, of stretcher bearers and medics around their arms. They're probably moving up the trench to see if anybody got caught in the gas. I put up my hand. I, I stop my, I stop the squad. I take out my pistol. And I point it at the German medics. Okay. And trying to scream through my gas mask, I say, dugout. Take us to a dugout. <laughs> All right, cool. So this is... And I uh, assume everybody else takes out their German guns as well. Yeah, so you, you point your guns and you, you demand that they take you to a dugout. So I would like you to roll vigilance for this. This is a negotiate. Okay, my vigilance. So that's going to be seven with the gas mask. Yep. <laughs> um... One five, three ones, no sixes. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so they take a look at you sort of wadding through this deep water, weapons bared, your respirator masks on, and they both start yelling about, you know, Englishmen in the trenches, attackers, and they turn to run. So what do you do? Um... Gonna open fire. Oh, Jesus. Okay. No. No. Let them run. Let them run because we'll be gone by the time any of their reinforcements get here. So. Okay. We're gonna keep moving. Uh, Back or back towards your own lines or forward deeper into theirs? Hmm. We can't. We can't stay in the trenches. Like there's there's reinforcements coming. But there's gas coming one way. This is... Oh, this is a bad situation. Um, I turn... I turn to Gardner. All right. Gardner, what do we do here? Uh, Gardner, um, he, he... You know, our best bet to survive gas is... We, we've got our masks on. That's good. Get to high ground. Gas is heavier than air. Um, if we can find any place that's sealed, we'll have a better chance. Uh, from what I know of what mustard gas probably is, we want to avoid water where it will contaminate, and we want to avoid any place where it could puddle. So the higher ground we can get to, the better. 
All right, we gotta just get to the high ground and then try to cross over no man's land that way. All right. So uh, you're gonna head back to your lines outside the trenches then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make me a pathfinding check. All right. That's gonna be nine. Now you are going this to vigilance. Be, you're gonna be moving through the deep mud. All right. That is one success, no failures. All right. Let me. Oh dear. So you pull yourself out of the trench into this this nightmare of fog and gas everywhere. And you realize that you don't know which direction is which anymore. You can't see more than 50 meters around you in the dense fog. And the German trenches, in their strange new style of building them, zigzag in every direction with no real indicators. So you pick a direction, and you move. So I would like you to take... This is pretty convenient. You're going to actually take two exhaustion here. Because um, you're not only about that time. um, Oh, you also take some thirst. And you can't quench it because you can't take your mask off. Mm -hmm. So that's minus one to um, proficiency. Not proficiency. um, Fortitude. Okay. Uh, So uh, you're, you're pushing your way through this deep mud. It's... It's up to your ankles and up to your waist of water and just gross, stagnant awfulness and Mm -hmm. the discarded wastes from the trenches. And at one point, you think you see a body in the, 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 the water and you push it away with the butt of your rifle. So you wander sort of without really knowing where you're going and you find yourself just in this, this pit of mud with no direction hearing voices all around you. What do you do? I... Oh, Lord, please tell me he put a gas mask on. I'm gonna... try to... get a sense of if I can find... if I can get some sense of where David is. So are you gonna call out to him? I don't know if we can afford to call out if they're looking for us. We might just have to keep pushing and hope we're going in the right direction. Alright, so roll me pathfinding. Two fives, one failure, no sixes. <laughs> so, you, you without really an idea of where to go, you just pick a random direction and you push and you keep moving until you find something solid. The wall of a pillbox. The concrete, actually, physical under your touch, which is a nice change from wading through this deep and disgusting mud. And you pull yourself up on top of the pillbox... And then you hear from your side of the line four or five of these crumps. You think you know where you might need to go now because you can hear it. But then you hear it splash without explosions inside the German line. And you hear the sound of something hissing. They haven't released the new mustard gas from the pipes. They fired them out of canisters. And the canisters are leaking out into the... Uh, the mud and the German lines. So you can you don't know exactly where it is, and you don't know if it's reached you yet. Then but we, we just we then we run. We don't have any other option. Cool. So nothing else to say. We just have to run. And at least we know the direction that we're running now. Okay. So actually, you do know where you are. You see, right under the German flag, right in the middle of the flag. If you look down, there's yep. that one pillbox at the yep. edge of the yep. mud. That's where you are. Okay. So you're going to try to book it back to your lines? Yep. Pathfind, please. All right. 
Two fives, no ones, no sixes. Cool. So you make it to, quite handily, to the barbed wire. All right. And now you have to get over the wire. So this is a minor action called cross obstacle. So you're going to be rolling uh, fortitude for this. Okay. Oh, all right. Two successes, no failures. Nice. Uh, So yeah, you make it over the barbed wire quite without any incident. But let's see how your your comrades do. So um, so three of you make it over without a problem. But Hawking, who's out of all of you probably in the the least best shape, uh, you know, prefers reading to exercise. Uh, Mm -hmm. He attempts to 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 get over the wire. And he gets terribly stuck. The gas fan that he was carrying on his back, uh, on his backpack, gets caught up in the wire. And as he turns to try to free it, he gets further tangled up. Ugh. What do you do? Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. Try to get him free somehow, and then we can bring so that at least we know we tried. All right. Make a fortitude t- check really quick. Two fives, no sixes, no ones. Cool. So you actually do manage to pull him free of the oh, wire. All right. But as you do, the you feel something sort of at your ankles, which is different than the, the cold uh, of the mud and the water. And you notice that your vision has started to go a little green-yellow. And you think that the mustard gas has found you. Oh, Lord. So, Ron, yeah, Ron, probably a good idea, but first, everybody takes one ongoing damage. So every turn right. from now on, everybody has to roll a dice, and on a one, all right, uh, you take a damage. So I roll one dice, you said? Yes. All right. I got a three. Uh, okay, you're good. All right. Um... Most of you are actually fine, except uh, as you start moving back, which we'll roll the pathfinding check for that in a moment, Albert starts complaining about his hand, the wound on his hand, and he bring you you take a look at it through the through the lenses of your gas mask for a second, and you see that the the recent wound on his finger has started to blister terribly. Oh. And we we can get it treated. He, we can get it treated on our lines. And he he Maybe. wraps it as best he can. But you can you can hear him sobbing behind his mask. So roll me pathfinding. One success, two failures. That's not good. It is not. So um, you know which direction not to go. Not back into the wire. Uh, so you start off as best you can, and you drop into a trench not far away. Um. The trench is abandoned. All the equipment has just been left there. And uh, you quickly get your bearings once you're in the trench. You think you know which direction to go now. What do you do? Uh, You're at the... um, See that little cross-shaped section near where we were? Yep. That's where you are. Oh, and uh, yes, what do you do? Uh, We keep... keep, If we we know the direction, we keep moving. Okay. Roll, roll that one dice. Mm-hmm. Six. You're, you're, you're good. 
Um, that one is four successes. My next uh, pathfinding is four successes, one failure. Nice. Uh, as you as you push forward, you you find a, a gap at the end of that little cross tape section through the mm-hmm. um, through the German wire, and you push on, and you're going to make good time. But as you're doing so, you notice that the men around you roll once more. By the way, one. That is a one. All. Oh, oh. So you start feeling it as your men start mm-hmm. feeling it. Every all of you are feeling. Uh, like something's wrong. Your skin feels like it's burning. Uh, you you don't have very much exposed skin at all. On you know in your in the wrappings mm-hmm. against the cold, but you can feel it against your ankles, on the inside of your your elbows and the back of your knees. Something itching and burning against you. Um, uh, Albert starts pulling at his clothes to pull them off, and um, Gardner has to restrain him and prevent mm-hmm. him from pulling his clothes off from the pain. And you start mm-hmm. moving down quite a ways. Actually, you do very well on this one. You push through some of the deep mud, and you can actually hear your own lines. And then behind you, some 600 meters off, you start hearing the distinct sound of a Lee Enfield rifle firing. David is still out there. <laughs> he knows. He knows what to do. Okay. I have to, I, I told him, I told him when, I told him to f- fall back when the time is right. All right I'm he gonna, knows what to do. I'm going to roll a vigilance check for David, and we'll, s- I won't tell you the results, but. Uh, All right. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. So, uh, what do you do now? You, you know that you're near the lines. You can see just, some of your barbed wire in the distance. Glinting. We push through. We push through. One last pathfinding check, unless something goes terribly, terribly wrong. Uh, two fives, one, 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 no sixes. One, one, no sixes. Oh, no. Okay. Uh. <laughs> okay. Um. As you move back, you're you, you're very close now to your own lines. So you can see the barbed wire, and you see caught up against that wire. Uh, there's a couple of German bodies hanging there. Some scouts who got turned around in the night and got caught against the wire. And you see that there's a pair of shapes moving around the bodies. They're trying to pull them loose from the wire. Uh, they're both wearing their masks, and they probably got stuck over here. And you quickly recognize the shape of their helmets as German helmets. It looks like they're searching the bodies for something or trying to pry them loose. What do you do? They're about 30 meters away. Open fire. All right. Roll your uh, roll your proficiency check. One, two, three, four, five, six. So I got no failures. Nice. But I got no failures. <laughs> because uh, I got nine successes out of nine. Oh, my God. Okay, so... um. I'm going to uh, recommend that normally we've been doing these precision fire yeah, precision fire actions just as default, but this is mm-hmm. this is a place where suppressive fire actions would work for you. Even if you rolled as okay. poorly as possible, you get both of them. You just basically, you fire these, this precise burst that uh, takes the both of the two of them out very quickly. They slump back over onto the wire. And you also hear the sounds of shots stop from... Uh, David, as 
well, you don't quite know what happens, but you see that the fog behind you is starting to let up slightly. Um, the only thing that's remaining is in the dips and crevices. This yellow-green gas continues to linger, and it's running in rivers of oily liquid down into the pools of water. So let's do one last... Roll me one more 1d6 to see right. how your ongoing is doing. Two. Uh, okay, so you're actually good. Everyone's good. So you, you make... Uh, you make it back into your trench, you dive back in, and you 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 know, you push your way a little bit back uh, towards safety and out of the gas, and you wait for a while for David to come, pulling your equipment off as the gas tapers off, and pull, you pull off your jacket and you see these ugly boils that have sprung up on your arms. And then through the fog comes David, and on his back he has farthing. They're both wearing their masks. He looks terribly burned, but he makes it back and drops back into your lines. I, I look at David, and a blush comes across my face. And I, I I stand up. We look at each other. We both look like hell. Boils and burns all. And I... I, I, I try to lift a salute, but my hand just kind of slumps back down. And I just look at him and I say, You are... You are an astounding young man, David. Thank and you, I sir. I pat him on the shoulder. Uh, you pat him on the shoulder, he's taken his jacket off, you pat him on the shoulder, and he yelps in pain. As, as do you, as your hand is all effed up. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Tom. I'm finding Tom. <laughs> so, we cut to... The inside Tom's dugout. And Tom, as you approach the dugout, it took you a little while to crawl over there. You're shedding equipment the whole way as you find that everything has been impregnated with this oily, gross, burning liquid. You make it to the dugout and you hear that Tom is yelling again. But this time it doesn't sound like into a telephone. It sounds like he's yelling at somebody. I throw open the door. What do you say? You measly motherfucker! You see that Tom is yelling at... Uh, he, he's got sit, sitting in front of him somebody from the Engineering Corps, who quite clearly outranks him. But Tom doesn't seem to care about that, as he is likewise yelling, You measly motherfucker! at this man, who... He's an older man, and he looks utterly disinterested in this whole thing. And he, he turns and goes... Oh, this was the man you had outside the wire. So, can you tell me about your experiences with the new gas? <laughs> and I think, uh, I think I have to be pulled away. Let's see if you are. Let's see if you are. Let's just do a quick... Oh, I was going to go like four better. Somebody manages to restrain you, but this is a one. So what do you do to this man? I just tackle him and start just wailing, like, not hitting. I wouldn't say I'm punching or, like, hitting because I'm just swinging my arms because they're in too much pain to, like, focus and strike. So I'm just, like, you just swing in like a child, like a child in a fight. Just uh, throwing, just throwing hands and screaming, you rat bastard, you g 
aghast. You're, you knew. You knew there were men. There were good men. There were... <sighs> uh, so I mean, this... I would like you to roll a fortitude check really quick. All right. This is uh, 96. All right. One failure and one failure, uh, one three sixes, one five, one one. So normally failures would be injuries to yourself, but I think failures in this case is going to be injuries to him. So okay. you you throw him backwards and you he hits his head against the the desk and starts bleeding a little bit. And at this point, the people his his personal guards, his his soldiers step in and they pull you away. And we end the campaign, mm-hmm. or this part of the campaign, we end the session with you being dragged off to the back of the line. Mm-hmm. And no regrets. I have no regrets over what I did. Yeah, fuck that dude. <laughs> fuck him. That was great. That was so much fun. Yeah, I, um, basically, this, this is the first game I've done prep for in a really long time, and my prep consisted of, whenever you make the decision to X, I do this to you. <laughs> great. I love it. No, that was phenomenal. That was great. Oh, my goodness. All right, so I don't think we've seen the last of uh, Jackson no, Fletcher. I don't, I don't think so. I no, I don't think so. Dang. Erica, thank you so much for coming back. This was awesome. Hmm? Thank you so much. It was super fun to run. Oh, so where can people find your work online? Uh, so I'm at uh, open underscore sketchbook uh, on Twitter. And uh, from my Twitter, you can find all the things, including the website yep. I am trying and failing to build. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, great. Awesome. That was phenomenal. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a blast. I am going to throw it over to me 100 years in the future so that he can wrap it up with the show. Take it 100 years in the future, me. Thanks, 100 years in the past, me. And thanks again to Erica for coming on to the show. That game is flipping amazing. What a cool, emotional experience it is. I absolutely love it. You should definitely be following Erica on Twitter at open underscore sketchbook. The games that she is working on are so unbelievably cool looking, I think you're doing yourself a disservice not following along. And then while you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. And if you really enjoy the show, consider giving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation. Those all help the show find new listeners and grow its audience bit by bit, week by week, and I appreciate every single one of them. I got a question for you, party people. Do you like wrestling? Because I like wrestling. Do you like role-playing games? Probably, because you just listened to a podcast about it. Well, then I've got something that might excite you. On May 13th at 3pm, I am running a game of Nathan Paletta's phenomenal wrestling role-playing game, Worldwide Wrestling, as a special event through Lawful Good Gaming. Lawful Good Gaming is a wonderful organization that organizes tabletop role-playing sessions as a way to raise money for various charities. So, the way it works is there are four seats open at my Worldwide Wrestling game, on May 13th at 3 p.m., Fight Fest 2017. Uh, and a seat can be purchased for $10 in the form of a $10 donation to the Southern Poverty Law Center. You can find a link to the Facebook event in the show notes. I really hope you'll join me on May 13th at 3 p.m. for Fight Fest 2017. I think it's going to be a great game and a great show for a great cause. Party people, if you want to hear more from me, you should check out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast in which Aaron Gantano and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant role-playing game children. This episode, we... Well, I don't want to spoil it because it's a big episode, but you should really check it out. But you should probably really make sure you're up to date first. It's a big one. You can find that at soundcloud.com slash allmyfantasychildren. 
Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates or about coming on to the show, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Well, that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. And party on. Hmm? Never gonna die.